Hello and welcome to episode 17 of season 4 of The Three Amigos. I'm your host Don and I'm joined as always by my amigos Mars and PJ. Our amiga Kylie unfortunately is away. Yes, you guessed it, putting a bottle of red to bed. Everyone say hello. Hey guys. Well boys, so um, we're, we're doing our pod tonight and it's literally just at the end of the Spurs versus Brighton game. Um, shall we say a little bit of a surprise, but having said that, maybe not. Without Kane, uh, Spurs didn't look quite as good against Liverpool either when he went off. So um, maybe Spurs are in for a bit of a dodgy couple of weeks without um, without Kane on, on the pitch for them. But um, guys, as always, we start our podcast with a brief uh, game week review. So we're going to quickly touch on how we got on in game week 21 before kicking it to touch and moving on with our look ahead at game week 22. Um, PJ, your top amigo for the game week. Woohoo! Because uh, I know you've had a rough couple of ones, and you've been in the you've been in the last man who we've been talking to every every podcast. So uh, tell tell the people a little bit about how you got on. Yeah, rare to rare to be here, um, uh, and uh, a small green arrow, which um, uh, is something I'd forgotten forgotten the sight of. So that was good. Mainly thanks to um, triple triple leads, um, uh, Paddy Bam Bam, uh, with obviously a man of a match performance, which was superb. Rafina setting him up for his wonderful goal. And then Stuart Dallas, the man, you know, the absolute hero that only ever seems to come off my bench when I need him to get points. Um, just, just just an incredible run this season of bench points I've got from him. Obviously, Pep being Pep, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, uh, you know, rotating out Stones and Cancelo, but not going to be disappointed with, with getting Stuart Dallas on that. After that, it was a sea of blanks, really. The only other return was from Salah. Uh, who obviously went went ballistic again, and mm. other than that, yeah, all out on sixty. Yeah, excellent stuff. Um, it was a it, it's anything that's beaten the average. I think this week, um, people generally will be fairly happy with, unless they captain Salah, and you might be looking at a nice green arrow. Uh, Mersey, um, tell us how you, you got. had to drop that in, didn't you? Mm. You had to drop that in, didn't you? I like putting uh, a bit of salt in your wound. It's in my own wound <laughs> as well, Mersey. In fairness, it's a what. It's in my own. It's salt in my own wound as well. It's your fault. I told you. I'll blame you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, sixty-one uh, minus the four. Thanks to Uncle Pep and Uncle Roy for not playing Cancelo. And uh, well, we don't know what Cancelo would have done, but Mitchell didn't play either, nor a cameo. So um, I get Dallas as well. The legend. I, I, I feel the same about him. He's probably my second man crush after Oli Watkins, to be fair. Uh, these random pe- players that cost hardly anything and getting me points right, left and centre when I need it. Watkins didn't do much this week, but it's fine. I'm happy with the score. I had a good good day yesterday. The, the only thing, uh, despite Captain Blank, which is Dominic Cavett-Lewin, but you know this because I, I, just, I hate it when I'm indecisive. I really wanted to make sure this season that I go with my uh, straight away with the captain. I know who I'm captaining and I don't change it. Probably two or three times, which is not bad. Out of 21, I wasn't. And every time when I wasn't, I didn't do my, uh, I, um, I, I, uh, my captain blanked. Now, I don't care if I'm confident and my captain blanks. That's fine because I made the right choice. But when I'm not, when I'm not confident about it or when I'm not sure, it's overthinking territory. I changed it to DCL in the morning from Salah. Mm-hmm. Should have stuck with it. It's my fault, and, but... 15 points. 15 points. That is a lot of points. Or maybe 13 if you take. Dominic Cavalier was always coming, by the way. Um, and um, we'll, 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 I think we're going to touch on it later, but um, about, about uh, subs and stuff. But I'll talk about uh, yeah. Bamford and why I sold him uh, later. But yeah. 
Yeah, no, uh, you um, the, as you said, I think that the key thing with um, with the captain choices, and I was telling you not to be. You, there's no reason to be beating yourself up because in a way, it's it's hindsight. Um, this week, when you're looking at the fixtures, there was nothing. When Kane um, went went down, essentially there was none of the kind of premium options that we would normally be relying on for captain picks had like really standout, obvious fixtures. Um, I mean, West Ham, me and you were both kind of a little bit apprehensive about that game from Liverpool perspective because West Ham do have what it takes to punish us. So, I mean, it didn't really stand out as being the definite, no no doubt in the world, um, Salah game week, which which is the reason why a lot of people went for don't captain Lewin or any of these other options like for it is that we, it was it was an opportunity to go a little bit left field um and and mm. go for someone and as it turned out it kind of blew up a little bit in our face same as that with with you I'm I'm on 55 points only had um one person so I one one um, Shaw came off the bench for me um because I played the two man city boys and Justin um and Shaw was the one who actually scored more points as you can see I only had yeah. um yeah so and Mitchell then didn't play so I only had 10 players but you know what um we're going to come over across that in a, in a few minutes we're going to talk about that a good bit in terms of the the importance of of benches or not um due to maybe all this rotation especially with Pep Roulette in full full working order as we saw this game week. Um, PJ, first of all, um, can you lead us through some of the top managers in our Three Amigos Classic League? Yes, the current top five, and we have live points this week. In number five, we have Mark Lynch with his team of no idea. Number four, Carl de Asher, top of a clops. Down to third, Christopher Chauvin, the sidings. Up to second, Paul, Sky Player and FBL, and a new leader from way out of left field with a whopping 88-point week is Diraja Reddy with Martial Law. Excellent. I'm telling you, PJ, you are you excel at that role. You could uh, definitely get a job, I think, in a bingo hole if, if all else fails in your marketing career. I think I think people just people unless they're in that top five people just click the skip fifteen seconds when they don't no they don't I I, I just I'm just saying I mean yeah yeah Yeah, you have to work your way up like you you start (laughs) off on doing your standings update and eventually you might make your way to the Marzies rant of the week Um, and who knows you might get to host it someday as well so um, you know you have to start off at the bottom in these things Um, speak. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Mersey, speaking of Rant of the Week, um, this is the time of the podcast where we normally hand the microphone over to yourself. But are you feeling completely stress-free this, tonight, or do you want to no. unleash, unleash the no, beast? No, absolutely. Yeah, are you absolutely. ever stress-free? Something has to be discussed. I'm, 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 I'm always stress-free after, after the rant. Oh, okay. But it has to be discussed. It has to be talked about. Because, look, it's tough times. We love... You know, we're all stuck at home. People go on Twitter to have fun. People go on Twitter to have a laugh. We've made, well, uh, I mean, I made some really good friends that I'm putting with now because of Twitter. There is no space for xenophobia, people, uh, 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 homophobia, or anything like that. Absolutely no space. I mean, look, I'm not even going to mention the name because that's what they want. They want, they, 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 they obviously thrive on. Uh, being fa- famous and people talking about them, I'll call them little versions because they bl- blatantly are. But what what happened, and and there was a tweet that was sent out that just did it for me, and I just went after them. Uh, it's, there's no space for it, and I'm glad to see that it's the minority only, and most people were absolutely appalled and went over it. Look, if men follow female accounts, 
because of their looks, then that is the sad men's problem, not the girls that are playing the game and part of the community, rightly so, for their skills at the game, for their wit, for their banter. I mean, we have one of the best females, female players and podcasters on our pod, and we have a lot of female friends. And it, I don't, when I talk to an account, I don't go, are you male or female first? Or I look at their picture. I don't know who they are. I talk to them. If I like them, I speak to them more and more. And then you get to know them. It's, it's ridiculous, and there's no place for it on Twitter. Mazat. Aye, aye. Good stuff, Merthy. Nice. No, no place for it. Nice, yeah. Um, lads, we kick on with our T3A roundtable. So we've a couple of main topics that we wanted to cover off tonight. Um, as we mentioned in our intro, rotation has definitely bit this, um, this game week. But first of all, we want to start off with Man United. PJ, as a United fan in situ, we wanted to kind of get your thoughts on it. A lot of managers are looking at the Bruno Fernandes, Rashford, Marshalls and their team. And they've done great for them so far this season. In particular, of course, Bruno, who has been probably the fantasy player of the of the year. But tell us, do you think, is there something of concern there that managers maybe should be looking at? Are Man United kind of maybe derailing a little bit? Um, Bruno definitely looks tired to to the eye and he looks like a man who seems to be getting annoyed in a lot of games. I'm actually a bit wary of him picking up yellow cards and even a red card at some point in the near future. Yeah, thanks, Don. I think it's an interesting one here because I think it's hard to know where form, fatigue and kind of formation kind of kind of come together on this one Bruno is you know I don't think he's ostentiously out of form I think he's still kind of um he's still creating kind of stuff he's still getting into the right zones but he's certainly getting wound up a little bit kind of more than you know he does you know even when he's you know even when he's not he's his normal tetchy self but I think what happened really is, is that kind of Pogba basically played himself into a team on, on form and on merit, and, and he wasn't he wasn't in that team, he wasn't in that setup. You know, we we played with that setup of the kind of two holders, uh, and then Bruno in the kind of number ten role behind either kind of Martial or Cavani, and that's the role he's kind of played ever since, you know, ever since he came to United. But but when Pogba's there, Pogba takes up a lot of his space, and, and he kind of pushes him a little bit wider. Uh, or, or, and when we chase games or, or he's not getting on the ball, Bruno is someone who doesn't shirk for me. He wants the ball so much. And so what we saw in the Arsenal game was Bruno often on the halfway line, just kind of kind of so deep sort of stuff. And I, I think I think it's a very tricky one from an FPL perspective, because I think I think Bruno Fernandes will still deliver. But he's one of those players that when Manchester United are on song, Bruno is the person who's going to be in the points um, with that in a way that say someone like a Manchester City or a Liverpool are often, you know, those points are are shared around. With, with Man City, it's a complete lottery. You know, one player is going to haul any week, but picking that player, um, you've almost got no chance of doing it. Uh, Pool seem to kind of share. Salah and Mane never seem to go big on the same week. They kind of take it in turns. So you're kind of always playing one off against each other. Whereas if Man United score three or four goals, you know that Bruno is going to be involved in two or three of them. He's very talismanic. And our fixtures are good. We've got Southampton, who look pretty tired. Everton, who look shocking. West Brom and Newcastle, who are kind of awful in the kind of next four. Will he be rested? Will he be rotated? It's a brave person who takes Bruno Fernandes out at the moment. And I think my key question would be, same with Rashford, if you've got him, who's also looking a little bit tired, look a bit out of form. Who, who are we bringing him in for? Those premium players, we discussed this on the pod last week, and with the exception of Salah, they've all blanked again, you know, in that role. So it talk, you're talking about mm. huge downgrades. The form players are, 
yeah, of, you know, of, of the Rafinas, of the Grealishes, of, of those players in those kind of smaller teams. Pereira at West Brom, he's probably top point scorer of the last four weeks, that guy, owned by almost nobody. Phenomenal, so, yeah. You know, so, so those are the players who you'd be looking at. But I think Man United will, will kind of click again. I think, well, I think what disappointed me about the Arsenal game, it was quite similar to the Liverpool game in the league, which we also drew 0-0, is we just didn't believe we could win it when I think both games were there for the taking. And I think that shows to, shows to me that the mentality isn't quite there to be title winners yet. You know, we were never title winners. We were having a bit of banter about it and stuff. But, you know, City and Liverpool have, have got that kind of recent pedigree even Chelsea I would say you know have that kind of recent history I think you know United need to kind of believe that they can go away to top teams and when the game's there for the taking take that risk but at the Mm. moment we're like "Mm, we'd rather draw it than risk going for the win and I think as as a Man United fan as I've been for so many years that's a bit disappointing because I'd always rather a United team went for the jugular and yeah you know we get caught on the counter and we lose so be it, that's football. It's only one point. I'd always rather we went to go for three. And I think that's something that Ole has to get into that kind of squad. And that's going to bring the best out of uh, our players as FBL assets. Yeah, the like one thing that I kind of took from the way that United seem to be playing is almost they are playing the way, because trust me, as a Liverpool fan, we saw enough years whereby we were pretty much playing for to get in them Champions League places. And that's pretty much the way United seem to be playing when they get in these big fixtures. The idea is not to lose, you know, to relatively share the points with their other Champions League contenders. It's not really a matter of trying to get four to six points like from your contenders. You're really just trying to not lose ground and then make up the ground against the smaller teams. And that's kind of Champions League kind of strategy as opposed to league winning. But I agree with what you said. I think that, you know, Man United... They're, they're, they are a kind of Champions League team as opposed to a real contender team um, simply because, you know, probably strength and depth and, as you said, a bit of pedigree and a bit of experience um, with the manager and with the key players that are involved. Um, but, um, Marzi, mm. uh, what's, sure what's your, what's your thoughts? Not, yeah, I, I don't think they are a, uh, not, not, not a, a challenger. I think uh, with the situation... Um, Look, City should walk it. I said that from the beginning. Uh, but every team will drop points. And the, with the situation with Liverpool, United need to pounce. I know people, love, and, I, and I do it obviously to wind up people sometimes as well by bringing up injuries. But it's a fact. I'm not, yeah, uh, look, it's the club's fault for not sorting out something. And now we, we've seen that we've got a centre-back. But we've had our 12th partnership at centre-back. To, uh, one guy was going to be sold 23 playing in Germany's second league. And our, cent- our best centre-mid playing at centre-back. PJ, do you notice that we're supposed to be talking about Man United and Mars has to start talking about Liverpool? Right, <laughs> it's it's signed to send about Mars. He yeah. someone. Listen, listen, my point is United will pounce on that. But we are all forgetting one thing. These people are human. I'll tell you what worries me. It's not United's um, way of play. It's the fact that Ole refuses to rest Bruno. Watch Klopp. He had to bench Salah sometimes. He benched Firmino today to protect him because he lost Mane because they play him so much. The mm. turnaround is ridiculous. The players are tired. However, what I would say is, and where I agree with, with PJ, is Bruno 
and all the premiums. They want the ball. They will score. They will explode just like Salah did today. There is no way he's going out of my team. I'm just keeping them. The premiums are staying there. For me, they are staying. I play around with the with, with the riffraff or the ones that well, are now delivering the points. Well, that's yeah, as Lonesome Lonesome Pundit was asking about about this as well. You know, in terms yeah. of Bruno, and I agree. Like, I'm not I'm not at all advocating. I think Bruno is one just to keep because even like that on a relatively poor performance, he that one if it had just got curled inside the far post. Then he would have had a goal and Absolutely. probably max bonus. And yep. he, he is, as, as PJ said, their talisman. He will be involved. He's like the Stan or Kane from Spurs. So if you have any belief in United, which you should, because they're one of the best teams in the league, then they, um, then Bruno isn't one. Now, one thing I, one thing I would like to possibly talk about is some people did take a bit of a punt on Marshall. I debated him on my wild card and other people have Rashford. Now, PJ, you said, you know, there's not really much much movement, you know, who to go to from there. But for for instance, if with people with like for myself, I have extra money in the bank from Kane down to don't Captain Lewin. And my kind of choices <laughs> is I could go, say, up if Mane is fit. I could go up to him. I could bring in Sterling, perhaps. Um, but 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 my you know Grealish is another option. I mean, is Rashford like? Do you think is he like like Bruno? Someone that with their fixture run that you would kind of keep in with with all the money you wash in people's teams at the moment? Is he I think someone? if you've already got Rashford, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be moving him on. But he's not someone I'd buy right now. I think one Man United attacker is enough. Uh, rather Rashford over over Martial. Mm. Who, He's just been absolutely appalling. I mean, apparently Ole said he's 50% fitter this season. I don't know about that. He's certainly 50% shitter. And, mm. you know, Cavani is, is, a, is a nice, tidy little punt, but we know he's going to be rested and rotated because he's, you know, 34. So I think it's those two. And Rashford and Bruno, it's one of those things. It's like, as a fan, as Mar said about kind of Salah and Mane, you, you want them rested. I want those two players, you know, kind of, you know, rested in, in a games occasionally. But... As FBL assets, you obviously don't want that, and, and they are. I mean, I mean, Rashford recovers from a, a miracle injury almost every game week to kind of play again. He's just, he just, you know, he plays every game that he can, and and even if Bruno and uh, Rashford don't play, they come off the bench, and they don't come off the bench in those kind of pep, you know, sarcastic two-minute cameos. They, um, you know, they, they they play for half an hour. Yeah. So you know, I think. You know, it's it's difficult one with tiredness and stuff because a part of me always thinks guys bloody professional athletes and you know Bruno on the one hand looks fit as fuck. He never stops running. He keeps mm. going right to the end. He doesn't shirk anything. But on the other hand, you see him and he's like he's blowing. You know, and you just think is that kind of meant, is that fatigue just weighing on his decision making, weighing on those chances and you know that may have just kind of gone the right way. Mm. You know, if, if he needed a break. And so we are definitely very reliant on those two players and, and Harry Maguire, who obviously played more minutes than any footballer in the world in 2020. So those three players are are just Man United every game at the moment, um, which does make him good from an FBL point of view. But you're going to have to ride out some kind of little yeah. kind of moments as yeah. well. So I think I think with Rashford and Martial, there's definitely options everywhere. Everywhere you can look, there's options. Whether you decide to jump on somebody with better fixtures and form, like a Barnes go down, or you know Leicester have got good fixtures, um, or for Martial, you can go to to anyone. He's oh, there's one of loads, the, yeah, for Martial. There's, there's yeah. absolutely loads. Mm. 
But with the the one the, the one other thing about premiums is obviously their ownership is really high. So if they score and you don't have them, you screwed. The second one is just like we we all did with KDB, we all say we have so much money, right? How are you going to bring them back? So let's say they suddenly get their phone back, like Salah now. So people who've sold him now, oh crap, I need to bring him back. Naturally, when we have lots of money, we want to spread it around. But when, if the you money's in the premium, mm. absolutely. So you sell a premium, you have shitloads of money, you go on upgrading everywhere else. It takes them two to three moves to bring them back. So you have to just be careful about it. In, in, and, and that's what I would say is similar with, with, with Bruno now, who's going through similar... Uh, rough bash like Salah did, and suddenly now Salah comes comes back. Got Brighton at home next, which is not an easy game, but it's a home game. Salah is a home player, you know, and then and then City, etc. So it's just be careful sometimes with those premiums um, and, yeah. and and what we do with them. Yeah, exactly. Don't don't uh, do do like keep the money in your pocket. Um, it's no harm in doing that to to get back up to them or to other some other premium if Kane was to come back from uh, with a miracle cure from one of his Jose injuries. Because um, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays against Chelsea, knowing the uh, Mourinho mind games that he can play. Um, before we move on, I, I, I know before yeah. we move on, but it's just something that I noticed today, and I want to see because I know Phil has uh, his own uh, opinion about it. Uh, uh, so we've we've just talked about premiums, right? And and Bruno, and would we keep him or sell him? Now there's an interesting one with Son, because we count him as a premium, and he's one of the best players around, quite explosive, of course. What do we think about the performance today without Kane? Because as a Sun owner, a little bit worried, to be honest. Um, so I want to see what you guys think. Just, just because thinking about, we said with the premiums, they come back. Now, that, because that's the way the team plays, they play, you know, and they rely on them. Problem is, the Kane and Sun relationship was so good. Today, he just looked a bit lost. What, what do you guys think? Just a quick, quick one on it, just uh, coming out of uh, uh, today's game. Well, I think, um, you know, I don't necessarily think it's a, it's a Harry Kane thing. I think uh, Spurs' form has been has been really poor recently. Um, you know, they, they lost um, against Liverpool. They, you know, um, you beat them soundly, uh, if anything, the score. Could... But he still scored in that game. I know it was ruled out offside wrongly. He still scored. He looked lively because he had that ammunition from Kane. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, but... Son, uh, well, Son didn't score that game for a start. Um, uh, um, he scored one goal in eight games now, Son. Uh, he he, he looked, did score. It was just ruled out offside. My point is it was, yeah. so it was really it, tight. If, you know, if I counted every time someone scored this season with VAR, I'd be on 300 more points. Yeah, right? but, my, but, but we're talking <laughs> about... The reason I mention this is because sometimes what I say to people is when they, when they look at the stats, oh, he scored one in five. Well, yes, but he's been involved. And it was wrongly ruled out. He's, he's a main striker yeah. for... For a top six team, but but Spurs are are struggling. They've only beaten Sheffield United and Leeds in in their last seven matches, last eight matches actually, nine matches, ten matches. God, they've won two in ten. That's you know Spurs. Mm-hmm. That's that's a really really poor run. I mean Arsenal almost level with them. I mean, people were writing off Arsenal as a laughing stock a couple of months ago, and now they're two points behind Spurs. True, which, true, true. Um, Son has scored uh, twice in that run. He, he looks tired as well, and I think the added responsibility of him with Kane out, again, it's a tough one. Am I advocating getting rid of Son? Yeah, probably, because I hate him. But yeah. I take um, out Son for Grealish, for instance, would be a, a nice, easy one to do. The midfielders. Um, thing is, the thing is, nothing's changed. I remember being on this pod in kind of week kind of four or five and saying the premiums aren't really performing at, in terms of um, 
their value as opposed to those kind of um, kind of midfielders who, who are um, strikers at that cheaper about cheaper rate. And that's still the case. Normally that kind of seven to eight million kind of zone is a real dead zone in, in kind of fantasy football. But we've still got Grealish. We've still got Zaha. We've still got Barnes and Madison, who points per game are superb, given they both started the season really late. And, you know, up front, I mean, the forwards are, are an embarrassment. You know, it's just, if you take out Kane, the fact that Bamford is now the second highest scoring forward in the game, Wilson straight afterwards... <laughs> You know, there are yeah. lots of kind of very kind of cheap options and who are in form as well. If you look at the form players over the past three to four game weeks, you know, almost none of them are premium assets. So and it, it, it's difficult. We spoke about this psychology before about I've got I've got three point five million in the bank and I have no plans to make a transfer this week, barring injury, which I'm sure will happen. But yeah, because it's like, well, I, I, you know, there's no there's no compulsion for me to think, oh, I could upgrade somebody to a nine or 10 million player because I'm just like, well, actually my six million players who I've got are, are performing, are performing at, a, at a higher level. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, it, but it is a tricky one. You know, I mean, Don, you're obviously kind of uh, more fond of kind of son generally. I just, you know, the Spurs are just so toilet to watch. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Like uh, I, they're, they're a toilet. And I think that Kane with Kane's absence and um, son definitely, definitely will suffer because Kane does take an awful lot of attention. Even as he drops off, um, he leaves a space in behind for Son to go through. So like um, they will be definitely impacted. And as you did say, they weren't in great form beforehand. So I personally, I don't have Son because I decided on wildcard to go for Kane and to go for Rashford in midfield ahead of Son. So, um, the you know, it's... And I was kind of regretting that, obviously, before the game today, because I was thinking, you know, I prefer to obviously have Son than Rashford's three points. But, yeah, at the moment, I think they're an avoid for me as much as his ownership will. Will obviously, the Kane and Son ownership has been the kind of fear factor for everyone so far this season. But I would um, I would avoid them. Um, that's that's my plan of action is to avoid for now. Uh, by the way, I had a little bit of a giggle at Mersey's. Um, you know, well, he did score, but it was ruled off. Because Marzi must have had a great success rate. He must have scored loads when he was a single young fella hanging around in um, in London and all that, you know. Because um, every <laughs> every time he chat up a bird, he scored. You know, he'd go yeah, yeah, five yeah, five yeah. birds Absolutely. last That's night. A, it yeah. counted, mate. It counted. <laughs> no, but it's really important in the context, especially for people who love stats and look at things. You know, people forgot last week Salah was on fire and scored a great goal. It just did not count. So he was he was getting his form back and Liverpool were playing well again, right? Mm, and yep. it's the same for me with, with Son. And the, the, these goals, are uh, when, when they ruled out, it's annoying. But it's only ruled out because in a split second, they decide it's offside. The play is but he's not still finished, offside. yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But listen, I've got Son and I think out of my five midfielders where I said, like, I'm not, you know, Grealish, uh, Fernandez, Salah and uh, KDB. So obviously... Only move them out when they're injured. So KDB is gone. Swapped him with Gondogan until he comes back. Fine with that. Now it's on with the money. I could go to Mane. Could go to Sterling. I need to think about it. I might not do anything yet, but we'll wait, wait and see mm. uh, on Son. Um, Mersey, we want to move on to the next um, topic for our roundtable, and that is the rotation. Um, it, as I said, it did bite big time in uh, this game week. Um, what protection do you feel managers need to take to allow for the rotation risks during this busy period? But also, say, when the Champions League returns, we're expecting, obviously, the usual rotation around those fixtures for those Champions League teams. 
do we have any choice but to risk significant points on our bench every week? Yeah. Uh, so I know this, this is going to sound like stupid to people, but it's genuine. And you know that because I've told you this. I sold Sushek two weeks, two weeks ago before he scored a double because I did not want him on my bench because I hate points on my bench. I sold Bamford this week and I'm, I'm genuinely not upset about his points. So, look, I was always bringing Dominic Cavalier in because I got sucked into the the older boys. You know, the band is back. They've got good fixtures. Newcastle, one of the worst teams I've seen. They might have a double. In hindsight, it was probably the wrong move. I could have just kept Bamford. However, I had the choice of selling him or Brewster. And I looked at my team and was like, Bamford is not starting. I'm playing 3-5-2. Watkins was always going to play. He's playing. He's not moving. Um, Dominic Cavalier was coming in. I said... I thought to myself, I don't want Bamford on the bench. It, it's just going to do my head in. And I sold him. And I'm glad I did because those points on the bench will annoy me. So to go back to your original thing, I think it's important to have playing bench. But I don't think it's important to have an expensive bench. I think we over sometimes we overthink it. So if you look at the amount of times people... So many people had Martinez on their bench yesterday because they, decided, because they have a second playing keeper. And they play the Fulham keeper playing away to West Brom. I have Martinez and I'm playing keeper. I have no choice. I got 10 points. Did I get lucky? Maybe. But that's my strategy. So I think, so my bench right now is Dallas, uh, Mitchell and Brewster. I know those three will play or they will come in if I need them. And, that, and, and, I, and I'm happy with that. Now, w- some people might say, um, obviously, if, if a player is injured, you take them out. If a premium is injured, there's plenty of choice. So I don't need to worry about that. Sometimes you might get caught, caught out. So we got caught out with uh, the double resting of Cancelo and Stones. Yeah? Okay. Some mm. many people had them too. So you need to have playing defender that comes in. And sometimes you just have to take the hit for the week. Some of us got lucky, like me and Monkey, where we got uh, Dallas. Other people uh, had maybe a Chelsea guy. Uh, people like you had, unfortunately, uh, mm. a West Ham defender and a Mitchell who didn't play. Just take the hit for the week. Because you know next week they're going to play. Now, Diaz owners might be sweating it because he might be resting. So... A lot of people have decided to go on double city because of their fixtures. But also the, one of the reasons that I decided to go on double city is the hope that if one is rested, the other's playing. Now, people were unlucky. One week, unlucky. And lucky for all of us and for those owners, not for me because I didn't own any of them. But Sterling, Cancelo, well, I did Cancelo, but Stones did not come on for the cameo. That's the annoying one. I would, I would, I would have perfectly been happy with a one pointer from me too. From <laughs> me too, for, because there was quite a few Sterling captains, probably with more as vice or, mm. or other players. You know, so I think what what's happening a lot is maybe those players are rested, but they come on. Yesterday was an anomaly, not a normal thing for me. I think it, I was surprised that Pep did not change with only one nil up. But maybe he just realised that his players were just absolutely shattered and needed a full rest. Mm. Um, so, it, was, it was a tight game as well. It's, it's hard. I, I was thinking watching it, one nil up is, is I think, the hardest scoreline to, to make a substitution because it's like they were in control of the game, but a substitution can disrupt that kind of that kind of rhythm. And it, it's, so it's quite difficult. Um, everyone knows their jobs. Everyone was kind of doing it. And the thing about Pep and City is that, you know, their squad is so, so ludicrous. It's that they, they literally know that they don't have to play any of that front six again, and they would have another front six fresh. Oh, no, it's ridiculous. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, PJ, though, I want to come to you on, on um, an aspect of this as well, because as we were talking about there, it is particularly City that we're talking about this rotation. 
The return of Laporte, um, then we have, so you have Laporte, Diaz and Stones. We've, we were always kind of a little bit apprehensive with Cancelo when it's, when Walker is fit, then we've Zinchenko. So there's an awful lot of options there. But do you think, is this, you know, this, this pep strategy in this game, which was to not actually, to just leave completely them guys on the bench, not use the substitutes at all? Where yeah we can be we can be fairly confident that Stones for instance and Cancelo will start the next game, but is it a thing that Pep could even start considering? You know Stones might as much as we've said he's been in great form that Stones game time might be reduced or that we might be looking at a regular kind of rotation where he thinks that two players will work well together a left back and a left centre back for instance, and next thing we'll find that we have people with the likes of myself who have the two of those guys. And that if we're planning on playing three at the back, then the likes of Mitchell on the bench, if we're actually thinking he's going to be coming on for a lot of these games, then we really need to be kind of upgrading that fifth defender if you do have two City defenders, if that's part of your strategy. Yeah, firstly, you know, I think, um, you know, Mars kind of pretty much pretty much kind of covered that in terms of having having those playing defenders and also having the two City defenders. That was exactly my logic as well. It wasn't just to double up on that City defence. It was also, with a great irony being obviously that both Cancelo and Stones were benched on the same week, but it was definitely in my thinking in terms of, well, it's unlikely that they'll both be benched in the same week. So at least I'll always have kind of one person playing. Um, mm. Stones isn't going to play every game. Pep said that as well. Diaz... Yeah, surely do a break. You know, he's at Maguire levels of kind of overplaying at this point. But you know, the centre back is is the kind of least tiring position in the in the pitch, and they don't seem to have another one who he's comfortable playing on that right hand side. So, I think he's pretty safe. I think Stones will come back in. I think that partnership's been rock solid. They didn't look as you know, Sheffield United had two or three decent chances in fairness, and so they certainly didn't look as watertight to me as they had done under Diaz and Stones um, kind of recently. So I think I think it's a little bit, you know, I think owning both is key. And I really like that. I like the fact that I have I have Sufal and I have Dallas, which are just perfect. We, I know they'll always play. They're going to get a minimum of kind of two points, kind of most matches, but they might pop up. They're both players who can pop up with assists, with goals, you know, clean sheets in, in West Ham's case. Mm. You know, it seems incredible for Leeds to get one with the amount of shots they can see per match. So, so I think that's a really good strategy. I have to say what... I do find Mars's um, well, I don't agree with him, and it's his 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 happiness that selling in back to back weeks, Suchek and Bamford, uh, it's just wild. I mean, I'm not I'm not criticising it. I just find it absolutely wild that you're happy to sell these players because he'd rather <laughs> not have them on the bench. He's, he's happy uh, while rocking <laughs> rocking back and forth slowly, crying yeah. behind the mic. Look, look. I'm trying to look at the positives. But to be honest, honestly, and, and look, those 30 points would have been on my bench. I don't want them on my bench. I would I would have been five times more angry if they were on my bench. But then you've got yeah, a form player that, to come logic, in next week. No, it doesn't matter. He wasn't going to play. Yeah, but honestly, you don't know. He might have done. The logic doesn't stack, stack up because Gundogan or someone else or Salah might have been injured or something. And suddenly... He does play. Yes, well, I'm, talk, I'm talking about afterwards. So I made a decision. I made a decision that I didn't want him on my bench. Right? So I made yeah. that decision. I'm happy now because that decision. I'm, genuinely, I know you, you, you guys know me. Like, if I'm annoyed, I would, I'm annoyed about Salah. Absolutely, 100%. Oh, well, you know, you know, I'm not. I'm not telling you you should get annoyed. I just find <laughs> it fascinating that you're not. 
Yeah, and I'm I'm angry that I fell for the the for the. Can I ask you? You know, I think it's clearly clearly important. With you know, <laughs> two, two strikes, three you're out. So you know, let us know who you're moving on this week. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Mersey. No, yes. Go on ahead. Go on. No, we, I was going to suggest we might move on to the other listener questions. Um, I know that there's mainly mainly fun and games ones, but uh, if there's any FBL questions in there as well. Yeah, well, I think uh, our friend uh, King was saying, um, why didn't you warn us about the uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin trap bastard? Why didn't you, PJ? Why didn't you, <laughs> well, why didn't well, you warn well, anyone? I, I, thought, I told him this is going to now start the whole, I told you people I'm buying him to break him. So there you go, Monkey, you have uh, one minute to tell us all about your superpowers. It was it was it was very clear, you know. It was a double a double curse, as it like. I mean, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is unable. See also Callum Wilson to score points for my team, but also with this, you know, unenviable record that I'm on, which I thought might break this week, you know, with Grealish's assist, but didn't. Was no more than that. And so um, a 23rd hit-based transfer passes me by with no net positive return. I did I did break even this week, which was progress at least. But, you know, when I take a hit, as I've done, you know, this season many times, it just it just doesn't seem to pay off. And it's just a little bit of a phenomenon. And also, Calvert-Lewin was just a terrible, terrible purchase. He was playing for a team who are in no sort of form. He's, he's not a good football player. You know, and I did it. I did it for Kylie. You know, she's not here. She's you know drowning her sorrows. Um, in, in a bottle of red, but um, I like to think it's that harsh to say he's not a good football player. Let me come and counter that because the reason why we bought, why people bought him, or why people captained him. Now, obviously, in hindsight, it is the wrong choice. But uh, first of all, when uh, he, he's one of the top uh, scoring forwards in the game, yes, he's been off form absolutely, but that was also linked to the fact that you know his supply was not there. So and he's when you been, don't have supply chain, playing. you don't have product. Well, he did. He missed one game, I, I believe, uh, FBL-wise. I think he missed the cup and and the uh, one one Premier League game, maybe two. Um, but with with Rodriguez and Richarlison and Dinier back, we you know people thought, okay, you know what? Like he he has been scoring now, dripping. Not, you know the one goal, maybe two goals, nothing. But then, who are they playing? Newcastle. Oh my God, one of the worst teams around. I mean, they let in goals right, left, and centre. And and just I think people got suckered. I I certainly did. I looked at their fixtures and the potential double, and I know that mm. I will have a wild card soon, so I can get rid of them because I don't really want Everton players in my. It is. It, it was beautiful that they lost. Annoying that I had a captain as well as two players from that team. Well, I enjoyed their um, loss anyway. Oh, absolutely. I enjoyed all the results this week. All went Liverpool's way, so I, I was fine. You know, I was Liverpool mm. first, but um, that's I think. You know, to say he's not, I mean, I know you have your issues with Do- Dominic Cavalier, and so does Kylie, but to say he's not a, a good footballer, I think he's a bit harsh. I think he's. Um, he can, he he's can de- have the ball. He can have the ball. He's definitely off the ball. He's very, he's, he's an awful lot improved. Mm. His run at the start of the season was one of the luckiest runs of goal scorers. But that's what strikers need to do. You'll ever see. All right, I'm, I'm going to put my I'm going to put my host down and have the final <laughs> word, and then we're moving on to the next stage. Well, well, uh, King does ask, should I captain him against Leeds? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, 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 that's exactly the thing with the, it's. Well, it was always regarded to be a risky punt. Um, it, like I knew bringing him in, captaining him, I thought this is a kind of a risky one. It's not at all. Um, because his ownership, while it was while it's fairly high, I think an awful lot of the ownership aren't in the top million, top even two million. 
So um so I wouldn't I wouldn't have regarded him to be a safe option at all. And it's you know, it was just one of those things didn't work out, but like Mersey said, it's a nice um a nice little aspect of it was Everton stinking up the joint. Um Everton never do it for me whenever I picked them in last man standing competitions, fantasy football. I wish you told me that before, yeah. I did Next tell you I did tell you, I did tell you. Did um, I told you? I don't listen to you. Yeah. <laughs> when did you ever listen to me, PJ? When did you ever listen to me? <laughs> right. FBL Pinky uh, is a newcomer into the community. Make sure you follow him. FBL underscore Pinky. Yeah, I've never heard world... of him. Never heard of him. Yeah, before. never heard of him. I've got a, pe- a penguin in his uh, thingy, I think. In a world where you can be anything, why do you think you should be kind? In in, in few words, please. Because it's really it's 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 the right thing to do, Pinky. And I know you've you've had some difficulties of late, a um, bit of an identity crisis, I suppose would would be a polite way of saying it. But I think the kinder you are, the more you'll see that others are kinder to you in return. Mm. Absolutely. You, 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 what's the what you reap what you saw? Is that is that the saying? Well, that sounds That's a bit it. like Brett Mars, so let's stay on point. <laughs> that is. Mersey, you had to ruin the nice ambiance that we built up there with that. Um, well, that's all. I mean, you treat people like you want to be treated, of course. You reap what you sow. A knife, a knife for an eye. <laughs> it's, 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 it's easy to be kind. It's cheap. It, it doesn't, in fact, probably doesn't cost anything. So, of course, be kind. Um, right. Unless uh, you're signing they... up to someone's Patreon, then it does cost something. <laughs> well, Who's the Bellatelli at FBO underscore Latex underscore regular uh, send off mm. questions? Uh, always appreciate that. Uh, this is a big discussion about the Saints uh, goal that that never was. Should the should they switch the sleeve to sleeveless tops as suggested by the court at Lucy Hynet? And also, how small does someone's backside need to be to not rule someone's out of side? I mean, listen, I'll take this one, guys. We we can talk about VAR nonstop. We've seen this happen all the time. We've seen it happen to our clubs, to our players, FBL players and opposition. I've said the same thing about it. Why you have to take it as it is, because there's no point arguing over millimetres. I think he was onside. I also think Son was onside against Liverpool. I also think Firmino's handball should not have counted and Salah's goal should have counted. It's not just because I'm a Liverpool fan or I had him in FBL or because I had Martinez. It's common sense. Until refs... Are, are are put accountable for what they do. It's not VAR's problems. VAR has it's been um, <clears throat> controlled by humans who do not have consistency. And that's the problem. So until they're consistent, we're going to get a Maguire goal that was ruled out offside when he didn't foul the player, or he did, and it's the same foul as was on Fabinho by the West Brom guy when they got the equaliser. One counted, one didn't. So how is that possible? And that's what drives me mad, the inconsistency in the game. And until the refs are held accountable by everybody, instead of people just pointing out their FPL players or their club and other people saying, oh, you're only saying that because it's your club, we're never going to address it. That's my thought on it. Anything? Excellent. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. Um, and and that's all we have. Been we're we're going to put you forward to the FA as uh, as our oh, FBL, as our FBL representative. And you can, I have a lot uh, to say I, to I, them. I feel like that was a second rant, really. It was. I I, <laughs> I was expecting them to end it with Mars out. Yeah. Well, over to you, Don. We're done with questions. Thank you all. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Uh, next up, folks, we are going to touch on our captain picks and our plans. Now, I think both of you said earlier on that you might well be just rolling the transfer 
um, this game week. But um, looking at your teams at the moment, who's likely to be your captain for the coming game week? Uh, come to you first, PJ, on it. Uh, yeah, um, uh, we'll be rolling unless Rafina's injury is deemed um, kind of long term. But, but that's certainly the plan I want to in the bank once we have more information from Messrs. Kralin the week after. Plus all my squad, um, all 15 of them actually have perfectly decent fixtures. Captain, um, I wanted to ask you boys both on this because the uh, obvious answer off the back of uh, today's match winning performance is 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 Salah. Um, obviously a home junkie. But... You know, I, I'd be honest. There's a, there's a degree of caution about about him being rested there. I didn't know if he had any clarity on what Mane's injury was. Obviously, if Mane's out, there's no way that Salah's going to be out. Uh, and obviously, it's a very quick turnaround. But I'm just I've noticed mm. that Klopp has has kind of you know dropped one of that front three pretty regularly. And and obviously, Salah's been benched two, three times this season already. And with with the Man City game up immediately afterwards. I, I'm I'm a little bit wary of of Salah. So, what's your view on his availability or, or him starting that game? I think he's played the least of all of the front three for Liverpool. Salah has, so he's he's probably the most rested of them um, um, as a as a general rule. Um, he's also, you know, arguably the fittest. He never really wants to come off, never wants to be rested or anything like that. Not like any of them do, Mane. I think whenever Mane and Salah, I think, are told that they're not playing, I think their first thought is, feck, that other gobshite's now going to get a couple more goals ahead of me on the scoring charts. But probably, they, I think both Liverpool and Man City players, there could be a definite look at rotation with relatively easy fixtures. Now, that's no disrespect to Burnley and Brighton, who both have been very good recently, but they're managed, they, both Klopp and Pep could be thinking that they could rotate a little bit in terms of keeping the, so that they'll have their first choice 11s out for that game at the weekend against um, Liverpool and Man City. So, um, answer to your question, I don't think Salah is going to be rested um, because I think that they want to keep the momentum up um, and Salah, he doesn't look tired or anything at all like that and he hasn't had, fixtures haven't been really difficult of late and I think he definitely wants Salah to stay hot um, so I don't think there's going to be a risk of that. Man City-wise, there could be. I mean, um, you know, would it be that much of a shock if, say, Gundogan was rested um, against Burnley so that he is definitely fit and raring to go for um, for Liverpool? But um, yeah. Salah, Salah, I think, is safe. What do you think, Mersey? you agree? Uh, it didn't cross my mind until PZ uh, just mentioned it, to be honest. Uh, so to, to answer your first question uh, before before this, I'm rolling as well, unless there's an injury, and Salah's my captain. Now... I don't think Mane will be back. I think it's too too much of a turnaround to, to be risked. If it's a muscle, when they say muscle, that always worries me. Normally, you need some time. Um, I can't see him ready for Thursday, and I can't see him being risked for Sunday. Yeah, so that mm-hmm. means uh, with with uh, Firmino resting today, <clears throat> he will want the two of them. I think Salah Firmino uh, to play. Uh, I think he's fine, but look, it, it's a risk. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I think I agree with you, Don, on the momentum bit um, and the fact that Salah is quite fit and he's been rested more than, mm. more than, the, other, more than the others. Um, might come off earlier, but I think it's fine. I think there's, uh, there's time between the two games, enough time for him to, to recover anyway. Mm. I definitely think he could come off earlier, but uh, hopefully he'll have done some damage before he does, before he does go off. Um, my own plans, my, my own real decision this week, I guess, is whether to start Rashford at home to Southampton or to go for, um, 
Calvert-Lewin up against Leeds. Probably will go Rashford simply because Leeds look a lot better um, than sometimes we give. I think we we um, just anticipate and think Leeds is going to be the way that they were in the first few games of the season. Whereby, remember that crazy game against Man United where it was literally like a basketball game. Um, I think Leeds are, have solided up themselves a lot so that they're they're not quite as easy pickings. Um, and like we said earlier on, I wasn't impressed with Everton or with Cabert-Lewin. Um, so probably Rashford, but that's my only really choice. Um, Salah is definitely my my captain for, for the game week. And as PJ said, the fixtures are actually lining up nicely. So hopefully... Hopefully it'll be um, a decent a decent score this game week. So you're benching either Rashford or DCL. Mm, I've a little bit of a I've a little bit of a headache because I wildcarded <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, uh, and my squad is really strong. Um, Calvert Lewin used to be Kane, um, and I have Antonio and Watkins as well up front. Um, I actually benched Watkins um, this game week, or I benched Antonio this week and I benched Watkins last week. So I do have that bench headache, Mersey, um, and unfortunately all See, the I can't deal with it. Yeah, all all the rotation has happened in my defence, whereas I was anticipating more rotation in <laughs> yeah, my in my front line. Exactly. But, yeah, uh, yeah. You, might, you might get lucky with, like you said, but one of those players kind of kind of getting a rest. Gundogan, like you said, he he, he would he would be a risk for me mm. with um you know a game that they should win without him. But you know you, you never know. He's also not played a lot. No, Burnley are industrial. I think Foden is the one that could be rested personally. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, yeah you had to say that to PJ. <laughs> me, me, I suppose. I don't mind. Um, Mars, just, just, just finally, uh, just um, uh, crucial bench order with Dallas. Obviously, I've got you know, oh, kind of carrying in, carrying yeah. in, you know, Rafina. Um, but obviously, Stones and Cancelo and Robertson will all play. So it's really to cover. You know, I've got my kind of two defenders to cover those midfielders, Foden and Rafina. So I've got Sufal or Dallas. Which one? Which one do I put? Sufal away to Villa. Um, playing against Grealish, my own. Listen, Dallas. you're talking to somebody who owns three Villa players. My my answer is simple. Sufal third on the bench. I, I trust <laughs> Villa. They have been delivering, they've single-handedly mm. been delivering for me in the last few game weeks absolutely beautifully because not many not many people have three or definitely not... Um, uh, Grealish Watkins and Watkins. So when he's, mm. Grealish, Watkins and, and Martinez. So uh, Dallas is first on my bench, let's put it that way. Um, what about Brewster home to West Brom? Oh, I thought about really... that. I thought about that, but I again. I no, think, you didn't. I didn't say no, you didn't. <laughs> I did. I I saw Brewster. I saw Brewster playing, and he's he's been moved up to second on my bench ahead of Mitchell. Mm. <laughs> oh my God, that that's like that's like a bench. But I don't know. That's not a bench I'd like this, to see. Look, uh, I'm not gonna lie. Too many weeks. You want Brewster? I remember when we all bought him at the beginning when they were playing Fulham at home. But he didn't do anything. Look, he just again. I, I feel, well, I feel we're bringing down the tone of this podcast big time yeah. by so, yeah, anyway, talking like about Brewster. Brewster. I think Brewster will be back on the bench. They're just resting McGoldrick. He'll be, he'll be back starting, in my opinion. All right, I'm, I'm moving Dallas up to first sub. Then that's that's it. Excellent teamwork, yeah. folks. Yeah. Uh, and that's all we got time for on tonight's show. We have been Mars. You can find at Mars zero five. Myself, you can find at the Marple Curse. PJ, who you can find at Hindu Monkey. Kylie, who you can find with a bottle of red in her hand at Kylie FPL. And of course, make sure you're following our group account at, at Three Amigos FPL. Um, as always, we request if you if you do enjoy the podcast, please give it a three star review, uh, share it on social media, and tell your friends. That's all you can do to help support the show. Thanks as always for listening and your continued support. Adios, amigos. Brave amigos are we.
go. 